0: Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. Oh man, something new every week this week with Alexis Quaresma from San Francisco via Nicaragua. Uh, And um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, First of all, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being here today.
1: No, of course, man. Uh, My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. uh, And... um, I'm excited about this because you're one of those guys that I've always wanted to have a longer conversation with. But whenever we're hanging out again, we're at parties. You're on one side of the room. I'm on the other side of the room. I've had a bunch of conversations like this. You're one of those people that like, I've never really sat down and like, you know, shot the shit with. And I'm really excited about that today. So I saw you at Imaging USA. I want to get some thoughts on that and, um, uh, and just get to know you a little bit better. So for those of you who don't know Alexis, he is a, uh, a commercial and portrait photographer based in San Francisco. Um, his work is, guys, his work is on point. And if you are not familiar with his work, you really need to check it out. His studio work is just gorgeous. And um, um, lighting is something that uh, you, you've, you've dialed it in. And a uh, I, I, I mad respect for you, dude.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I was just on your website, and I'm totally geeking out on in, in your uh, about me section where like I'm see I see you have like pictures of you shooting with a, an eight x ten camera uh, with oh, a yeah. ring light, which is hilarious, and uh, that you do a lot of processing yourself. So I just want to actually start right there, talk about. Uh, it looks like you did like a ballet project, and and I want to hear a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, I've actually been diving a lot more into that the personal work. Uh, a lot lately. I um, in in 2018, I um, a principal ballet dancer. I got on her radar because of a behind the scenes video I did on YouTube uh, for a cover edit for SI. And her fiance actually reached out to me uh, and said, "Hey, you know, you should work with her. You know, she's she's um an accomplished ballerina." And I looked her up and I was like, "Oh my God, she is!" I was like, "I I normally wouldn't have access to someone like that unless I was on assignment for like the New York Times or for like a magazine or anything like that." So, I, I jumped at the opportunity. and uh, um the that was the first time Jason ever in my career where I got an opportunity to work with someone that was extremely accomplished in their field mm. uh, a so principal ballerina. Mm. Uh, her perspective. Um, I, I, I want to be clear. I don't know anything about ballet. She taught me everything. But just to give people perspective, a principal ballerina, less than one percent of dancers make it to that level. Wow. So it's like making it to like the NFL or NBA. Um, So it was the first time I ever worked with someone that accomplished at that caliber on their field that was equally dedicated as I was to making a good image. Mm. Because usually when I work with other athletes, like I get 10, 15 minutes, you know, sometimes just like a few minutes with them. And while that's great and they're really popular, that's kind of just one thing. But with her, like first day, to give you an idea… We worked 12 hours together on wow. the first day. The second day we worked the thing like 10 hours and the third day it was six. So that was definitely for me the first time in my career, I experienced that. And it was really fulfilling. And certainly um well it's fulfilling photographing an elite athlete. You know, you get like your five minutes with them. Um, but it's like on a whole nother level when you get to fully collaborate and go all out with someone that also cares about the work and is accomplished. And uh, um after working with her, it was just really a unique experience, and I've been diving into that uh, uh, and working on that project. So I'm actually self-publishing a photo, uh, my first photography book, with work I did with her and two other principals. Huh. And I got two more uh, books in the works, and uh, a lot of that work that I'm doing that's that's personal with those ballet dancers, I am shooting it with, uh, with digital, but I'm also shooting it with um uh, as you mentioned, Sasha shot her 8x10. Um, I'm shooting a 4x5 now just because it's a little bit more affordable. <laughs> uh, and I'm shooting that on film. And I, and I, I made the, the choice that any work that I do like that that's on film or with those dancers, it's going to live one way or another outside of my website and outside of social media. Whether I have to like self-publish a book or whatever, I'm, it's going to live somewhere. And it's going to be a body of work that um, like, I, I'll create and be part of my my legacy. So um, I'm really excited for that work.
0: Wow. That's, that's really neat. And, you know, adding the component of shooting with four by five, eight by 10 on top of it. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of the processing yourself. Are you, are you doing E6 four by five as well?
1: I, uh, yeah, I have two boxes of that and I'm finding the And then I, um, I'm slowly taking the, the, the four by five. Cause it's like, like I said, I, uh, I love large format. Yeah. Uh, with Sasha, I shot eight by ten, and then the only issue I was having with eight by ten is because the expense is so high. Oof. I was being I was being overly precious on like like what I shot, and, and that's not really good. Uh, being overly precious, that that really it's a block to creativity. So, I, I literally did the math and I was like, all right, eight by 10 costs this much, four by five literally costs a quarter of eight <laughs> by 10. I was like, that makes sense because it's a quarter of the size. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, uh, um, all right, cool, I'll shoot it. And then I was like, to save a little bit more money, I'll do all the processing myself. And um, I started out with black and white, and I'm going through that. And then um, I did Portra uh, like, um, C41, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then um, I do have two boxes of um, of uh, ectochrome that I absolutely love. And uh, um, I'm slowly going into that because it's like I, I, I've been hitting roadblocks uh, yeah. with that. Like I, I have a wide-angle lens, which requires a, a back bellows, for those who don't know, uh, on a 4x5. Yep. And uh, it had like little micro holes in it uh, that I didn't, you can't see. Uh, and then, it's so it's just a I little black tape. That, it, yeah, yeah. So exactly, I'm going to that. But like that cost me eight sheets to have light leaks oh. on them, and I was, like, oh man. So um, uh, it's definitely a uh, kind of a rough, slow start. But I'm like, you know what is it? And I'm like, I'm going to tough it out and just go back and regroup and do more tests and and get it going and and go for that because I, I've recently just been. Re, uh, how can I say, it? re-motivated, re-inspired. I I went to um a good friend of mine's uh, art gallery showing. Uh, her name is Human. Uh, spelled like Hue, and she's a painter here in the in the Bay Area. Hmm. And uh, she had a, a gallery opening that I was there on uh, this past Friday. And uh, it just reminds me again. I went to art school. I'm one of those few photographers that studied photography formally. Um, <laughs> I studied technically. My major was art, and photography was an option.
0: Okay. Uh, in, case you,
1: in my school, you couldn't major in photography. You majored in art, and the option was photography. Uh, and then uh, that's uh, how originally how I got into photography. I've always had an interest in it. And then um, I never took a class in high school, unfortunately, because I asked all my friends, it was like, hey, how's that photography class? They were like, oh, it's great, but it's a lot of work. So like, I listened to them and I never took it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, and, um, but I, I had that interest. And then uh, when I went to college, I always loved drawing and art and, uh, um, and was into computers. So I decided to do a graphic design major and like married the two mm. and like graphic design, like overlapped a lot with photography. So that's when I took like my first photo class and then just like fell in love with it and and then like I dove into it like head first. But uh, um the reason why I brought up my friend's show is because ah uh, um when I was uh in college seeing like all the painters and all the stuff like seeing their work like like if you see a a, a like like an artist like a painter like their canvases are like six feet by eight feet, like four feet by like eight feet. They're like huge, and I remember seeing that and loving that. And that's why I loved originally eight by ten because you can yeah. blow it up that much and it maintains the quality. And uh, I literally, I just saw my friend show, and she had a painting that was hundred and what was it? I think hundred and twenty inches by like ninety six inches or wow. something like that. Loving that size, and I was like, that's why I'm shooting four by five, you know, and thinking, damn it, I should be shooting eight by ten
0: because uh, I love that. Quality. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure you'd be okay with a good scan of 4x5 for sure. Yeah. I uh I asked about the E6 because I, I used to run a jobo machine when many 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 years ago. It was like a drum roll machine that would process the E6 and uh I'll never forget there was one chemical in the E6 process that just smelled so bad you had to wear a gas mask to to mix it and uh, when you put that little beaker in if just a little bit got under the mask it was uh you were you paid for it um and i don't i i I miss the large format i don't miss the processing i mean you know it's it's definitely a lot of things that could go wrong
1: like yeah with c41 the the blicks is uh pretty nasty man that stuff is just
0: yeah that stuff is pretty nasty too the black and white doesn't even like it's it's tame compared to some of those color chemicals and it's amazing to me that uh that you can still get it up when we get off i have some eight by ten and uh uh some some gear that uh I'll have to talk to you if you're looking for some stuff. I'd be happy to mail it out to you and uh oh, wow. if you're looking for some stuff. It's just sitting in a box and I've uh, been looking for a good home for that to uh for anybody to use it. Uh I just can't get rid of it. Um and I, I and you don't know about me, but I used to do a lot of commercial work and and, and uh all, all we shot was four, five, eight by ten for uh, it's all awesome. we ever did. So I'm dating you know, myself sorry. a little bit. You bring up the,
1: the, the Jobos. I was literally just talking to uh, AJ from a company called Negative Supply. He makes his own uh, um, products to help scan, like, you know, 120, 135, and all that. And uh, I was just asking him, uh, you know, what the best way is to develop um, four-by-five sheets. And he brought up, yeah, it's the Jobo with all that stuff and everything. And I was like, man, I was like – because uh, I'm leaning towards dipping dunk tanks.
0: Oh, it's just God. A
1: but like and he said the Jobo and I'm like man I love the Jobo but like that Jobo thing costs like 1200 bucks or something like that and I was like man oh, this is I mean I, are they still making Jobo machines I'm not sure but I know people still use that to develop and I've seen like uh people recommend them and I know you could get them on eBay. but I saw the pricing for them and it was like easier to like starting at 1 grand um and
0: I'm oh, like man, yeah these man. these yeah these machines were at the, at the time were well, the, the one that we used to use had like tanks and it would pull the chemicals up. So there were tanks that were underneath and it would pull the chemicals up and it would sit in a water bath that it would rotate so they would keep the constant temperature. Yeah, would, yeah. Yeah, it would push the chemicals in and out and the 8 by 10 was like this big drum and it had like eight circles in it and then you load it in the dark into this thing and you push it down. You needed a pump to get the, the top off of it. Uh, it was a crazy process. We used to also, and you'll think I'm nuts on this, because the cost of 8x10 film was cheaper than 4x5 film, we used to actually cut a sheet of 8x10 film into four 4x5, uh, sheets. And it was significantly cheaper. We used to do it with a, with a rototrim in the dark. We're using guides and I used to cut a hundred sheets of eight by 10 film into 400 sheets of four by five film. It was, it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. I literally would spend half an hour in the dark doing this, um, in complete darkness and doing this. Uh, it it but again, many, many, many moons ago, uh, and, um, like that. So, um, going back to the beginnings of your career, uh, when did you move here from, from, uh, Nicaragua.
1: When I was six in yeah, okay. 1989. So I've been here a lot. A lot to of the my, Bay Area. Pretty much, yeah. To the okay. Bay Area. I was in the in a city called San Leandro San Lorenzo area, uh-huh. are like named cities. And then uh, in uh, 98, my junior junior high and high school year, I moved to a city called Fremont. Yep. Um, which people usually know Fremont by uh, um, by Tesla. That's where the Tesla factory is at here in the Bay Area. Nice, and then nice. now I live in uh, Livermore, which is I'm about uh, in wine country. So I'm about uh, 40, 50 minutes east of uh, San Francisco.
0: Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I love it, man, because it's far away enough from the city. Uh, uh, and it's just like literally if I go for a jog around my
0: neighborhood, it's like I will literally pass like five wineries. That's that's also very nice. So um, again, I'm looking at your website and and you're one of the few photographers that I've interviewed uh, that are uh, not wedding or portrait based, well, you're portrait based, but that are more on the client side. You're on more, you're a full-time commercial photographer. And um, I see that you've, I mean, your website has everything from LeBron James to Stephen Curry um, and... uh, Talk to me a little bit about how you got into, you know, you went, you went to art school, you grew up in the Bay area. uh, You decided that you wanted to do photography. Um, I do see a lot of, um, I can see looking at your work that, where your graphic design abilities definitely have come into play. Uh, Lots of heavy Photoshop and, and, you know, post-production work that you've done, but, uh, you're shooting lots of sports figures. So let's start there. Like, why did you want to shoot sports people to start? And then we'll get into the celebrities.
1: Yeah, I um, I actually, because uh, I'm actually not a sports fan at all, man. I uh,
0: <laughs> That's always the way.
1: I, yeah, I, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful and I love what I do, but I'm not, a, like, usually nine times out of ten, with the exception of, like, the really popular people, like, I have to, like, look them up. And then... Um, <laughs> The reason why I got into sports, funny enough, is is because what I had uh, not, what I had access to pro people, but I started shooting, uh, photographing my little brother when he played little league, um, oh, nice. and I was literally just talking about this in my lecture at um at Image in USA, where I think I started my career or my approach backwards because I, I originally thought that um photography, like making good images in photography, that it was something you did with like a really fancy and expensive camera and lens and you <laughs> dialed in magic settings and you would get an awesome image it's not So i i, I, yeah, I know yeah <laughs> so i dove into all the technical side of it and learning lighting and everything and then i was like oh dang i gotta talk and interact with people and i'm like really awkward and shy and introverted and i'm like dang i should have been working on my interpersonal skills the whole time so <laughs> i uh, uh like literally i started out Photographing little league because it's what I had access to which was my little brother. Okay, and then uh, um, High school I went back to my alma mater in my high school and my sister played in the JV basketball team So I started photographing that and then high school football games and originally I wanted to kind of do action photos um, Because like again, I was really awkward and when you do action You kind of don't have to interact with many people like you know, they're doing the action and you're and yeah. you're capturing that And uh, while I was doing that, though, too, I also shot engagement sessions and I did shoot weddings okay, uh, and all that. And the way I got into lighting is because I had an instructor in college that was uh, an actual working pro and he shot weddings and he was real successful. Um, And he used to preach, uh, you know, people look best in natural light. And I believe what they said. And uh, until like I randomly had a call, like it was like 7 p.m. at night. And I got a call from a music studio here in the Bay Area to do portraits of a Bay Area rapper named E-40. Mm. Um, And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, how could I call myself a photographer? I don't know any lights. I don't know how to use them. Um, (laughs) And it's like seven, eight at night. I'm going to (laughs) have to shoot them indoors and it needs to look decent. And I'm like, what the hell? So I called a friend of mine, Brendan Smith, who was a a, a, um, classmate of mine, and he knew lighting and he had LMBs, and, you know, and, um, flashes and he was available and he saved my ass and I remember thinking never again uh will I rely on someone else to like light a portrait for me Uh. so I'm gonna learn lighting and then I also ended up working with that wedding photographer and I just found out that the reason why he preached that is because he was you know for lack of a better term the laziest person ever and like if you didn't have to like do the work carry anything extra you would have to carry like he would just cut it out so i'm like all right cool like i, I learned that working with him and then experiencing that so i just like ended up buying five LMB strobes and then just teaching my, i mean i went to a studio class and all that but ultimately like you need to apply yourself and practice and practice and do your own thing and that's how i dove into like learning the technical side lighting and everything um and then uh yeah from there i, sh- I shot weddings engagement sessions and sports and then um, I always treated um, when I was shooting Little League or high school as if I was shooting an assignment for like Sports Illustrated because that was my like ultimate goal and dream to shoot for them. And I had no idea how to get there. And then um, literally one time I, um, I was subscribed to SI and uh, I kept seeing images of a photographer whose work, uh, I loved the lighting and there were action photos, but they were lit like, like how I would light them. Hmm. So I sent him a cold email and I was like, Hey, I just redid my, my website and my work in a time permits. I'd love to know your opinion. Um, That photographer's name was Al Bello and he's the Northern regional photographer for Getty Images. Yeah, and uh, he responded. You know, about, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. responded to me uh, two days later with a phone call, and we spoke for like 45 minutes. And he wow. was like, um, "Hey, if you want to shoot for ESPN, this is who you should reach out to. If you want to, you know, shoot for SI, it's Jim Colton." Um, and then I stood in touch with him, and then he was like, "Yeah, there's something there." And then he strongly uh, suggested I apply to a workshop called the Eddie Adams Workshop. Yeah. um, I uh, applied and then uh, it was the last year I was eligible to apply and I slapped together a a portfolio of all the work that I'd done, um, all the sports images that I did and some of the action stuff. And I got in. I would say that's where my career pivoted from like shooting engagement sessions, wedding. It's the first time I ever put a portfolio together and um, I, I was fortunate enough to get in. And then my group leader, um, my editor, was the senior editor for the New York Times. It was Brad Smith. Um, And I connected really well with him there. And, um, like, I met, like, if people don't know that workshop, they have portfolio reviews. They're from, like, Nat Nat Geo, Time Magazine, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, like, the biggest um, outlets in the world. Um, And you get to show your work and get feedback. And or, if you're lucky enough, get hired. And uh, like I said, I hit it off really well with Brad. I stood in touch with him. So he hired me for a few assignments for, for the New York Times and they went really, really well. Wow. And then uh, he fired off an email saying, hey, you know, I just want to let you know I'm going to leave the New York Times to be the director of photography at SI and I look forward <laughs> to the relationship. And uh, so that's how my, my, my work kind of changed and pivoted and, and all that, you know. And um, the, the biggest thing is like, that I learned is just like uh, uh, yeah, you have to have tenacity. That that's how I got my foot in the door with SI and kind of that world, and then uh, with HBO, it was just like literally working my my behind off, like shooting, covering boxing, and then literally sending them work consistently for like two three years till they finally like like tired me, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But well, uh, so it, yeah,
0: I actually I want to unpack that a little bit because I think that's such an interesting story and. Uh, I I think that many of us in our photography's careers can um, track back to like a single moment or a single person who kind of gave you a shot and gave you an opportunity to prove yourself. Um, not everyone gets that shot, uh, and it sounds like you waited till the right time. But what a great testament that that um, uh, Bello uh, responded to you with mm-hmm. a phone call, no less. Never yep. mind uh you know a cold email from some kid who you know d- he didn't need to answer and uh so kudos to him for that and and it does show that there are people in our community that are just amazing people and the fact that he gave you an opportunity which then brought you to the Eddie Adams workshop which um is is a great great workshop uh I Got to interact a little bit with that when I was working for the photo group with wppi and photo plus and and they would do things at at photo plus every year and and my boss Lauren Wendell, who you probably met at some point yeah. during your career at some point probably more than me um, Lauren was always really involved in, in 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 that in that group of people and uh just just amazing and that you were able to um, but you took those opportunities, right? You took those opportunities, you built that. And, and then the second part to that is that it was your last year to get a scholarship. You put together a portfolio, you rocked it, you went, you learned, and you took that to the next step to network with people. And then you got yourself into HBO, um, well, Sports Illustrated, and then you you moved on to HBO. Um, but the HBO part sounded like it was a lot harder than some of the other steps. And 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 again, it's the tenacity, it's the work that you put in, not being afraid. You got very lucky with that one email, but then it took you two, three years to get into HBO. You decided this is what you wanted to do, and then you went for it and you got it. And I remember, um, yeah, I know you're friends with Jackie Tobin, um, yeah. and she loves boxing. Like that's that's kind of her thing. I don't know if you knew that, but like she loves She loves boxing, and um, she loves boxers, and she loves to go to boxing matches. I don't think she's gone in a long time, but she had mentioned your work way back when, and uh, and that 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 you do you were doing some really really beautiful work. Um, So you got into HBO to shoot uh, the boxing matches. Uh, What would be some advice? Yeah, I'm sorry. I
1: would say to do more of. I was more interested in doing portraiture work for them than like actions. Okay, sorry, sorry. uh, well, and, and but that's uh, something, uh, something I didn't mention. Like I, I, and after the I kind of made the switch to be more of a, a less of a journalism doing action stuff, and more of like produce like lit portraiture. Portraiture.
0: Yeah, and so, and, and yeah, I mean, your portrait work is I, I I can see why you know any any sports person or athletic person would want to come into your studio and work with you. Um, Talk to me about okay. So you're a kid, or you've been in this a while. You decide you you want to start doing stuff like this. What would be your advice to uh, to, to to kind of get into this into this work?
1: I, I would say know what uh um, what drives you. And I would say I, I know, like I spoke about like emailing al bello and that one really well but like um that was like the good part like i don't want to sit here and, and give you like a long song and dance of like the bad stuff but it's like i did reach out to other photographers that weren't as nice or as favorable <laughs> uh for example i reached out to another really like i don't want to say really successful but they 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 also like not also because Albello doesn't really teach he j- he's just a full-time teacher but i reached out to another guy who um who's a mentor and ran like a big workshop like focused on sports and everything. I reached out to them with the same email that I reached out to Al Bello. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to know, you know, if, uh, if time permits, I'd love to know, you know, what you think about my 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 um, my sports work. And then uh, at that time, I had two websites. I had a, like, you would go to a landing page and it would have like, I think weddings and then like sports, right? And then, um, which by the way, if anybody, my advice, like if you're doing both, have two completely separate domains if you're doing weddings and anything else, like completely separate, don't have a landing page like that. Brides and anything like that, they just want to see weddings and engagement sessions. And if you're doing like a portraits or adventure and a commercial stuff, remove all the wedding stuff. They do not want to see that stuff either. Like, you're no. not going to, either. So, um, but uh, uh, I, I digress. I had that landing page and I asked that photographer who, quote unquote, was a mentor. And you know, taught, you know, sports workshops and all that. Like the same thing I asked Albello and his response was honestly you should just focus on doing weddings, you could make more money doing that. <laughs> And that just like really like lit a fire under me. Cause I was like, I didn't ask you for business advice. I didn't ask you for what I should shoot. I asked you what you thought of my, my sports work. And if you think it's garbage, by all minds, you just say that, right. right? But we completely avoided that. So that really lit a fire under me and it just like made me keep working. So my, my advice would be, it's just like, I kind of have, know what you want and and have tunnel vision and don't, I like to say, don't listen to anybody because it's like, like, for example, for me, I listen to, my friends in high school that said, oh, a photo class is a lot of work. And like, right? I, so I never took a photo class. I, I had not listened to them. I probably would have started a photographer earlier. And who knows what my career could have been more advanced. So it's like people, like when you ask for advice, um, just be really selective on, on on what you decide to listen to. Because people tend to justify their limitations or what worked for them or what didn't work for them and try to project it onto you. Um, and uh, a perfect analogy for that is, like, I, um, I know that I, uh, I was up for a job for a really big client. Um, I'm going to try to be ambiguous here and not, not say names. But uh, um, it would have been one of the biggest celebrity, bigger than any celebrity that I currently have on my website. And I was the first choice from the producer. And I was the first choice from the director to shoot the key art for this particular, like, show with an A-list celebrity. And I was going to shoot the key art for it. And, uh, um... You know, and so I was waiting for it, and I was had a soft hold to shoot that project, and then they came back to me and said, "Oh, sorry, Alexis, like you didn't get the job because the A-list celebrity said that their friends a photographer and they prefer their friend to shoot the key art than than anybody else." So I I got passed over. So like, well, the reason why I'm sharing that story is because there's two ways to kind of go about that. Like, right? I know a lot of photographers that if now you know, I'm looking back, I know a lot of photographers, and I've met a lot of people that if that happens to them they will be bitter and say, oh, this industry's bullshit. It's not how people <laughs> are. It's not who you know. Like so-and-so, this happened to me and F that and blah, blah, this. It's like, yeah. it doesn't matter, like right? And, and so I could very well take that approach, right? But uh, my approach to that was like, damn, man. I was like, let me try to, I need to figure out a way how to become that so-and-so's friend. Because I was like, dang, I want him <laughs> to give me all that. And I got around boxing gyms and I was like, he hangs around a boxing gym that I know in Vegas. If I could get to know him and network with them, then I was like, "Boom, that that will happen to me." And I think that's the way um, that it's very important to think that way and to stay away from people that think the other way. Hmm. Uh, because um, I mean, it is what it is. It's like yeah. at the end of the day, we do work with people that we like and people we know. Um, and, and I've listened, I've heard a lot of people. Like that, think you know, like the like the former, like that, and that the world's over, and it's all BS and blah blah, and kind of just like yeah, that person is really jaded, and sorry for them, and like try to ignore people like that, and think more of ways that you could make things work, regardless how how impossible it looks. And the, you know, with that being said, too, also um, when things work in my favor, I mean that's one example where it didn't. On another job, I got flown. I I, I replaced a local photographer um and got flown out to that area uh for a job just because i had a, a particular like celebrity on my website Yep. so that's when it happened on mine and i'm like oh man well that sucks what i got but like it, it is what it is yeah. so, so, some clients are very in the photography world they're very like black and white like you either have this on your website yeah. or you don't or your portfolio and, you, and they think you could do it and if you don't have it then they, they think you can't do it and then when you have like certain people like that like right that that shoot was for that particular like like well-known athlete and they they brought me in from out of town over a local guy just because I had them in my portfolio so that that's that's what it is And I think you got to think of that way like I've always thought that way it's just like all right cool what I got to do to make this work and that happened okay cool like don't be jaded just keep working hard and, and keep uh, um
0: keep going at it you know and that's that's a super positive attitude uh where you just gave examples where it worked in your favor and didn't work in your favor and i mean to a certain extent you could have that happen with weddings too right like we hired a friend or or something like that so you kind of there are certain things that are completely out of your control that that you can't uh you, you don't have any control over and keeping a positive attitude and the rejection can be hard. I mean, we're artists and, um, you know, at a certain point, you do have to recognize the fact that that rejection is, is a part of, of what we do. And, uh, it can be frustrating, especially when you are looking to shoot a certain person or you're excited about something like that. So, um, we're getting close to almost 30 minutes, which is crazy. I don't know where this time went, but I do want to talk about Imaging USA a little bit. I want to talk about what you taught, what you have coming up, um, to learn from you. Um, so let's start with Imaging USA. So, uh, what were your thoughts? I was actually surprised, honestly, like I, <laughs> there were a lot of us like that.
1: One hundred percent honest. I thought I would be lucky if I had like 10 people maybe in my class. Uh, cause everybody, you know, Canon pulled out, uh, a lot yeah. of com- big companies pulled out and I'm like, man, I'll be lucky if I have 10 people show up to when I talk. And I was like, man, uh-huh. and I had like 300 people on my yeah. talk. So I was, yeah. I was stoked. Um, it went well. I talk about um, lighting and a lot of the stuff that I, that I'm kind of went over here and then show my process a little bit and behind the scenes. And, um, and that's, that's my main thing. I try to talk about lighting more from a philosophical standpoint than like a technical standpoint. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to like find people. Uh, my hope is to like show people my process and what drives me in the hopes that they could figure that out for themselves.
0: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And um, you know, again, I love your lighting style. It's definitely uh, it's it's really cool. And for those of you listening, you got to go check out his website. We'll put it in the show notes. Where are you? Uh, where are you next? What's going on? I am at a, actually
1: I'm speaking teaching three more times. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm teaching at a photog- dance photography conference in Austin, Texas, named uh, called Padadu. Okay. Uh, I'm teaching. She. I have like five classes I'm teaching. There's like two studio lighting ones, two lectures, huh. and then uh, and the third lighting one. Uh, and that was right before the ah. And then um, I'll be at the at the VSonic booth. Okay. Um, having me do um, like a, a shoot there like every day, I think, on the trade show. So I think it's for three days. Um, and then actually, after that, later in March, um, I got invited to the PPA chapter of Iowa. Oh yeah, um, they're a good they're a good yeah. group.
0: Yeah, people. Okay, Iowa. you know what? Yeah, Michelle,
1: yeah. I think the lady that runs it, and uh, I think they're having their biggest conference. I think it's the March seventeenth through twenty first or something like that. Yeah, um, well, the
0: last time I was up there, I, it was, I, actually, I think it was this week, and it was in the middle of a snowstorm. It was not fun. So I'm glad cool. they're doing it a little bit later. It's a good group of people, um, and you should you should enjoy that. You should, you'll enjoy that. Uh, yeah, it's a, a,
1: th- a three hour
0: three hour talk they will and, and they'll be engaged with you the whole time. I promise you that. Uh that's awesome. Well, uh again, uh some of these episodes just are, are too short, but I like to keep them at 30 minutes. And uh maybe we'll do something uh down the road uh later on this year. Uh but thank you for sharing your stories stories uh with me and uh it's been great getting to know you uh a little bit better. <laughs> And <laughs> hopefully it, we thank can you, hang man. it down PPI a little bit. But uh, thank you for being on this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab. millerslab.com, great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next Weak.